All right, it's been a few weeks since we've been here, but we're going to go back to the elemental theology and uh, try to pick that back up where we were at, but I will rehearse just a little bit of it, uh, of the outline again. We're talking about faith. Of course, faith in salvation, which is where we were um, in the doctrine. And so we've seen uh, remission, I'm sorry, regeneration was first. Then we dealt with repentance. Secondly, in the big, the big letters and the big numbers. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it here. Right, regeneration, repentance, and then C is faith, A, B, and C. Under faith, which we've gotten to before, faith is a positive aspect of true conversion, the human side of regeneration. In repentance, the sinner turns away from sin, while in faith he turns to Christ. We've dealt with that, dealt with that actually on Sunday as well. There's a young man struggling at Island Fort, and hopefully he got some help. Pray for uh, these are inseparable. The one from the other, true repentance cannot exist apart from faith, nor faith from repentance. It has been said that repentance is faith in action, and faith is repentance at rest. Good, good definition there. So under faith, we've seen the importance of it, the essential to a right relationship with God, the essential to a normal Christian life. It's essential as a foundation in the temple of character and as the medium of, to a fruitful life. It is essential as the primal of the three cardinal graces and is essential as the paramount requirement in Christ dealing with man. And then he deals with some of these. And then sixthly, it is uh, essential to save man from doom and secure his highest destiny. So the, the, the importance of faith. Now we're going to look at the meaning of faith. Oh, I guess that's where we was at last time. Nope, yep, yep. Nope, yep, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. Yes, we were at the meaning of faith. I put it in the wrong place. So the meaning of faith was natural faith possessed by all and spiritual faith possessed only by believers. We dealt with that. And then, uh, so here's where we underneath, underneath that. So in relation to salvation, uh, in relation to God, and then where we got to was in relation to prayer. And that's where we're going to pick it up tonight. So this falls under faith, spiritual faith possessed by believers. Again, in relation to salvation, in relation to uh, God, in relation to prayer. All right, so that's where we're at tonight. So faith in relation to prayer. All right, we got it. All right, 25 minutes. <laughs> All right. So faith in this relationship is the acceptance of God's provision through the fulfillment of his promises as expressed in both act and attitude. So let me read that again. So in relation, faith in relation to prayer, faith in this relationship to prayer is the acceptance of God's provision through the fulfillment of his promises as expressed in both act and attitude. You know, and oftentimes, you know, we dealt with our, uh, you know, attitude of afflictions, but our attitude in, in our faith toward in prayer, oftentimes, and we've dealt with it, 
Sometimes we've said that you can't, you know, God can, God knows, but we limit him because we don't believe God will. And then another thing too, uh, and we've heard, I've heard preachers here recently even say it, and I've heard them lots in, in, in the fact of praying the promises. I think uh, Brother Heffington even alluded to it in our revival was praying the promises of God. And God is not slack concerning his promise. God is not willing that any should perish. That's a promise. That's scripture. So when we pray for somebody to be saved, we can go back to what God said about saving the lost. Lord, we, we know according to thy scripture, you said you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then pray for the ones that you're praying for to come to repentance. But pray based, put your faith your faith in your prayer based on the promise that God has put in his word or, you know, the principle that God has put in his word. So pray the promises. Pray the principles. And because he's not going to go back on his word. And you can, you can pray that way. So Mr. Evans says, we must understand the promises on which we base our prayer. We must believe that they are worth their full face value and then claim their fulfillment by a volitional act of faith, thereby giving substance to that which at the moment may be unseen and perchance non-existence so far as our knowledge and vision are concerned, but which to faith is a splendid reality. You can just claim, God, you're not willing, and you can, I mean, I'm using that example, so... Praying as if it will be a reality, even though it's not there now. There's where faith comes in. But the substance of things hoped for. You don't see it right now, there's, but the substance will come eventually, and it's hoped for. And so you're looking forward to the fact that it will take place. I'm seeing, I'm seeing God answer some of my prayers since I've been here. But in my mind, I, you know, it's one of those deals. I'm praying for God. I, I have a ten, you probably do too. God, do this, you know, do this in this person's life as your pastor. And Lord, this is the way I would do it. <laughs> There's where I get off. So I or at least have a little preconceived idea of how God might work to answer my prayer, and then he, he, pray, he answers it, but he, he went way around a different way than I would have went. You know, his ways are above my ways. And so, but I'm, I'm seeing him answer my prayers, but I can see, again, going back to he's too wise to make a mistake. <laughs> going back to seeing how he is working in lives and how he puts this and this and this and all into place. And I said, oh, that's much better than what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, but I am seeing him work and I'm continuing to pray. And so that helps me, helps me out when I see that. But anyway, so in relation to our prayer, faith, in relation to prayer, and then the assurance of God's power to fulfill his word, Jeremiah 32. <clears throat> the assurance of God's power to fulfill his word. The assurance of God's power 
to fulfill his word. Jeremiah 32. And it says verse 17, but let's go to verse 16. Now when I had delivered the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed unto the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out thine arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands and recompensed the iniquity, recompensed, there we go, the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts, is his name. Great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings, what or which has which has set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, even unto this day and in Israel and among other men, and has made thee a name as at this day, and has brought forth thy people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and with wonders and with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm with great terror, and the, and the prayer and the sentence continues... <laughs> And hast given them this land which thou didst swear to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and possessed it, but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law. They have done nothing of all that thou, uh, that thou commandest them to do. Therefore thou hast caused all this evil to come upon them. Behold the mounts, they are come unto the city to take it. And the city is given unto the hand of the Chaldeans that fight against it because of the sword and of the famine and of the pestilence and what thou hast spoken is come to pass and behold, thou seest it. All right, so that was one sentence, one prayer. And he starts off with what God had done, but then he also in the prayer dealt with Israel and what they didn't do and then the judgment that come upon them. We're seeing it happen. Lord, you said and they didn't, and so you said and it's come to pass, basically is the way it was. But anyway, in verse number 17 again, talking about in relation to prayer, our faith, the assurance of God's power to fulfill his word. And so he deals with verse 17 because, so here's Jeremiah knowing that God is powerful to fulfill the word. And he said, I mean, he told, uh, you know, Solomon, I mean, Solomon's prayer, if my people will do this, will you do this? And God answered in, in, in Chronicles. God said, if, you're, if you're, my people will do this, then I will do this. But if they do this, and this is what's going to happen to them. And Jeremiah knew, and he says it in his prayer here, all Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out thine arm. Here it is, is what we're looking for. So the assurance of God's power to fulfill his word is in that last phrase there. And there is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for thee. We've got to remind ourselves when we pray. There is nothing too hard for him. And... You know, oftentimes, you know, and and I know our prayers got to, um, 
our faith, I shouldn't say that's what we're dealing with, our faith has got to grow. But what's interesting to me, and especially in my life too, or my life, let's just turn it on me, is there have been times that my faith is strong, and I can, like Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for thee, and I just trust God. But then, here's a good example. Here's a Bible example. Remember the, the, the account in the book, I believe it's the book of Acts, where the church was praying for Peter's, Peter's release. And they're praying, God, we know that you're powerful. We know that you can. <laughs> Rhoda comes to the door. It's me, Paul. Let me in. What? It leaves the door locked. Goes back in. Paul's at the door. No, there ain't no way. Now, they've been praying for Paul to be released, and he's standing at the door knocking. Well, and, <laughs> and that, that's us. We believe God will, God has the power to, but we are surprised when he does it. But why should we be surprised when he does it? We should be rejoicing when he does it. And and they did rejoice, but they were surprised. It's like, oh, God God can, God will answer my prayer. He's powerful enough, we believe that he can, but when he does it, we're sometimes often surprised. It's like, oh, you do hear me as your child. You do care for me in my, in my need. And we're, and we're surprised when he does it. We don't necessarily, necessarily should be because we should, that's, that's the whole part of faith is that he will. That he's, he's got the power to fulfill his word and we have the assurance of God's will as revealed in his word, John chapter 15. So he's got the power in John chapter 15, and verse 7 is, is the assurance of God's will as revealed in his word, which is what I'm telling He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And here's another scripture here, so John 15. And verse 7, if ye abide in me. Okay, so there's, it's, it's just one of those... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not provision. Anyway, part of it depends on us doing our part. If ye abide in me. If you don't, then it's not going to happen. But if ye abide in me and my word, my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. You know, and that still, if, you, if your Bible's like mine, you, if you just look over on the other page. And this is where Brother Glenn has been there in John 14, verse 13, and whatsoever, let's back up, because I, de- I, I didn't understand verse 12 for a long time until I turned my page. I got stuck on verse number 12 for a long, 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 long time because I couldn't understand how that, like he pointed out a few Sundays ago, how that I could do greater works than him or do the works and then greater works. That just was unfathomable in my mind until I turned the page. So 
Verse number 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, there's faith, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Turn the page, if you've got a Scofield Bible. Verse number 13, And whatsoever. All right, so because I go to the Father, and whatsoever, ye shall ask of me, or ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You may hear this, this verse number 15 in, in, on Sunday's message, because this was one that come to my mind a little while ago over there. But if you love me, keep my commandments. But then that goes back to where we was just at. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that keeping the commandments. But both of them, both passages here in John, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. But it goes back to verse number 3, 13. Jesus Christ is sitting on the right-hand side of the Father we're, pay, we're praying to the Father through the Son. He is our mediator. So we're, we wouldn't be able to do those, great, those works and those greater works until he went to his Father. But because he has gone to his Father, we can pray. And, and I, we, ha, we have not harnessed. You're saying this sounds a little, a little spooky, a little... Over the top, my brother Bell, and I again. I'm just going by what I see at face value. We see scriptures like this, and I know that there's. I got a whole shelf, or I probably have a shelf back there, on books on prayer. By praying men that got a hold of some of this, and I, I have a desire to get. I have a desire to have that kind of faith that says, "You said it, Lord." I'm, I'm abiding in you. Your words are abiding in me. I'm asking. You said, and just you said in verse in John fourteen thirteen and fourteen. You said in John fifteen verse number seven. You said, Lord, if I ask, and I've examined myself. I'm I'm in you. Your words are in me. And I've, I love you, and I'm keeping your commandments, Lord. I'm doing my part, and I'm trusting you to do your part and to answer my prayer according to thy word. See, there's, there's praying the word. There's praying the promises. But we're so faithless when it comes to praying like that. And I... Again, I said we. There's times that I can get up here and pre preach it, and and I'll go with it, and I'll and it'll happen. And there's other times that whatever the flesh will rise up and say, or and or Satan or something will put that little seed of doubt in there, or my keeping his commandments or keeping his words or his words abiding in me will not be exactly what they, something will keep, but something 
But there's times when it all goes together, and I remember these scriptures, and I pray the scriptures, and I'm like, and I've seen, <laughs> I've seen prayer answered again in some really interesting ways. And God, and I know that it's the hand of God, and I think that's why I've seen them in interesting ways because there would be, it, you could only say this God doing it. And then that, incre- that increases my faith. So, but again, and we understand, we can go, and we've dealt with it in the past, you know, all the scripture about praying amiss and so on and so forth and praying to our own lust. But if, if it's not to our own lust, if it's, if it's something that God would be willing to do and it's nothing wrong with it and we fall under the, all these scriptures, why can't we believe why can't we pray and believe these things? So he has the power to fulfill it, and the, so we have the assurance that he has the power to fill it. He has the assurance of God's will as he revealed in his word. So he's willing to answer if we're willing to believe. There it goes back to faith. And then the assurance of God's answer as promised in his word, First John. And we'll this will well there's a couple of scriptures and then we'll just deal with this section right here. So first John, so again, the assurance of God's answer as promised in his word. Assurance of God's answer. First John five, fourteen and fifteen. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything. According to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We read those scriptures and he says, Oh, that applied to the apostles. That applied to the disciples. That applied to the first century church. Why can't it apply in 2023 to Sooner Rose Baptist Church and you, me? So, again, talking about faith in relation to prayer, the assurance of God's power to fulfill his word, the assurance of God's will as revealed in his word, and the assurance of God's answer as promised in his word. You just said right there. If we understand that he hears, we got confidence that he's hearing us. When we come and pray, are we just bowing and saying a whole bunch of words, but just it's going to the thin air, or are we actually talking to somebody? I like people that, and I do this sometimes, and I heard it recently, and I can't remember who I heard it by. Praying. But I, I've even admonished Lisa there around the house. Brother Hall, years ago, you know, talking with his children, what possessions do you want of mine when I die? And, of course, I'm not at one of his children, but I'd like to have one of his preaching Bibles, and maybe that'll come my way. But one of the possessions that Lisa desired was an orange ottoman. 
because she knew that dad got some prayers answered on that orange ottoman. And, and I appreciated that she wanted that because, you know, that speaks, it's not of great value. And we're talking, it's that 70s orange. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So it's that old 70s orange. It's a great big old ottoman. It's not a small one. But she wanted it because he prayed his way through Bible college on it. He prayed a lot of, and got a lot of answers, prayer, uh, prayer answered, a lot of prayers answered, there we go, on that orange ottoman. So she gets it. And then hard times comes. I said, you need to go get, you need to go, I was admonishing her a little bit. I said, you need to get a hold of that orange, the, what that orange ottoman did for your dad, you need to get a hold of. We got it in our closet. She's got the orange ottoman. I've prayed on it. But it's right next to my prayer bench in our closet. So we can go in our closet, literally, <laughs> our prayer closet. We can go in our closet, shut the door, and you got an orange ottoman to bow on or my little prayer bench that my mom got me and my, my brother one exactly alike in that closet to pray for, or pray on. And, and it's not, there's no power in that ottoman. There's no power in that bench. But there's power in the God that you're praying for when you get on that ottoman or on that bench. You know, and having that assurance that, that God's answer is promised in his word. And again, this confidence. We can have confidence that when we bow, go in there, shut the door, and what I was, what I was trying to get at is just pray like I'm talking to you. You don't have to be like that Pharisee. God, <laughs> oh, you know... <laughs> You've heard them, and it, just to be heard, big flowery words, especially in public, I'm just telling you, and I, I might have told it in here before, but one of the most powerful prayers I ever, I ever heard pray, the man was sitting like right over here. He was blind from diabetes. Pastor called on him to pray, said, Brother John, will you pray for us? He reached up, got the seat, and he stood up. And, and he said, God, it's me, John. And I'm just telling you, I was sitting on the front row, and it was as if God just took the ceiling off, the roof off the church and says, yes, John. I mean, God was so there. His presence was so real with God, it's me, John, four words that I was afraid to move. God was there. You could just feel him. And to have that kind of prayer life, look, just crawl, you know, cry out unto him. If you've got a burden on your heart, just tell him in plain words. He already knows about it, but he wants to hear it in plain words. He wants to hear it from your heart. Yes, there's a model of prayer. Heavenly Father, or our Father, which art in heaven. And I'm not going to preach the model of prayer, but He is your Father and you're His Son. And like, you, like Jennifer could go to her daddy and say, Dad, I need something. Or Tim could go to Brother Glenn and say, Dad... I need something. I need your help. We can go to our Heavenly Father. And that's how it says, Our Father. 
Okay? Who aren't in heaven? That's, who's, that's the one we're talking about. Yes, he's, we're, we're reverencing him. Hallowed be thy name. So we, it, there is a reverential uh, acknowledgement, that's a good word, in our prayer to our Heavenly Father, but at the same time, that relationship as a father to a son and, and our father, a child that we can go to him and we say, Father, you said if I prayed in Jesus' name that you'd do it. And Father, I've got a need. And I don't know how to accomplish it. And just, it's just you by yourself. Just talk. And when you can't, put words to it. Romans chapter 8 says we have a Holy Spirit <laughs> that can take your heart's cry and somehow, some way, put words on it and carry it to the throne of grace. It's real, folks. It's real, Douglas. Yes, I see that. I had to remind myself. It's real. So, assurance, assurance, confidence. That's what's the verse number. And then the word no in verse 15. I've circled confidence in verse 14, and I've underlined no. And this is the confidence that we have in him. And if we know that he hears us. Again, when we go, do you have confidence that you're being heard when you pray? Do you know that he's hearing you? That's the first steps. And then pray like he says to pray, in Jesus' name to the Father. Right. Oftentimes, and, and, and it's nothing wrong because we do that, and, we, and I appreciate somebody I heard recently, it was one of those public prayers, and a lot of people will say, in his name or in your name. But I'm glad when they say, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, and in a public setting. Because that's what John chapter 14 told us to do. But I often start my prayers with Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name I come to you because of John chapter 14. And it was when I taught through John chapter 14 I started praying that way. But then I ended that way too, in Jesus' name. So we've got the assurance of God's power, the assurance of God's will as revealed in His word, the assurance of God's answer as promised in His word, as we see further and a see also, but then I think we've, we've covered that. So here's, it says, Faith is thus seen to be, quote, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What? I don't know where he got that from, but 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when you pray, pray knowing that he's hearing you. You've got confidence that he's hearing you. You've got confidence that you're praying according to his word, not in, out of lust, that you are praying in his will. You're praying in Jesus' name. And you've got confidence that he heard you and confidence that he's going to answer you. And then hope. Get out of your prayer clause with that blessed hope that it's going to be answered. Maybe not in your time. Maybe not in the way that you would conjure up in your mind how it would be answered, 
but you, you leave your prayer closet with confidence it's going to be answered in his time and his way. And then, then you can, you're resting. That's what the blessed part of it is you can go out and you can just leave casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. There's a blessed rest there. You can come out going, oh, I gave it to God. I'm trusting him to answer it. And then leave it there. It's on him, it's on him now. It's in his hands now. I've casted it upon him, and I don't have to worry about it anymore because i got confidence that he's going to work it out. And that's another thing that's hard. <laughs> Because so many times we say, okay, I've told God about it, but I'm going to worry about it for the rest of my life. Or I'm going to worry about it. Worry and hope is opposites of each other. Just throwing that out there. All right, so, so again, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the next time we're here, we'll say in relation to works, but there's in relation to prayer. And that was about the right timing, so there we go. And... Uh, I was really helped myself with some reminders of things about my faith in prayer. And this is all dealing with salvation. But then, that's another thing too. We trust God to, to forgive us our sins and save us, but then from the beginning of that walk forward, then we start lo- stop losing faith. <laughs> or start losing, fa- start losing faith. But that's where our faith should increase anyway. So it's going to be back.